worshipers or what come on y'all love Jesus in this place I just want to encourage you hope has a name and it's Jesus come on look at somebody and say I got hope this morning how about you as you grab your seat and continue to soak in that it is good to be in the house with you this morning we're going to continue our series I just want to encourage some of you some God, God cares about the littlest things maybe you've lost hope in Come on, sometimes it's not the huge things. Sometimes it's just the small things. Man, I don't know what it is for you, but maybe you've just lost a little bit, bit of hope in, in something or someone. And I'm just here to tell you, Jesus is everything. He can, he can fix it. He can instill hope into you. I hope you'll continue to open up your heart to just the hope he has for you today. And so we're, we're in a series called La Familia. Look at somebody say, I'm in the family. And uh, if you're not, say, uh, I'm about to be. I believe that um, God made us for family, and uh, I think that um, the answer to some of your needs and some of your prayer requests and some of the hope, the hope that you need is sitting in the seat next to you or maybe the row behind you. A lot of times we come to church looking for everything from the platform somehow, but really the answer is right next to you, but you just are too shy to stick your hand out and say, hi, my name's so-and-so. And, and, and God created you for family. And many of times it's hard for us to break out of our comfort zones and meet people new. And uh, it's just, you know, it's just we get comfortable with who we know and what we like. And so uh, we don't necessarily stretch out into new territory. And I just want to encourage you, like, like, let's don't be that church that just comes and goes. Come on, let's just don't be, I mean, don't be, we're not like that, but I'm just going to give you a little more encouragement. Like, like meet some people, go to lunch with some people that are new. Like meet somebody you don't know. Like don't just go through, I promise you, when you break into a new pattern, God breaks into a new promise. And that's a prophetic word right there because I didn't have that in my notes. And that's a preacher, a preacher P word. We like, we like to use words that match, right? We like all that kind of, I'm, I'm telling you, if you'll break out of your routine, God will do something new and meet you there. We need family. God created us for family. Uh, so we're going to talk this week uh, about La Familia, the family. Um, we're going to end our series next week. Next week, we're going to be talking uh, around the family. We're going to talk about sex all next week. Come on, somebody say, uh-huh. <laughs> sex in church. I mean, not literally, but like, but like, um, Theologically, And so we're going to talk about uh, just, and it's important for us to talk about it, guys. If we don't talk about it, uh, the world's talking about it. They're teaching our kids about it. You're learning about it from social media and from different places. Uh, you're watching all your sitcoms and all your television shows, and you're getting a picture of what sex is in that context. And so God has a lot to say about it. And so we're going to really look at that. And um, if you've got kids, it's going to be PG-13 and up probably, PG-13-ish, 14-ish, 15, I don't know. Somewhere in there. And so if you're, if you're like, man, my kids hear and stuff, that's on you. We got Kids Church, and it's awesome. So, so we got, if, you, if you're like, if your kids are in here, that's on you, okay? That's not on me. Like, I can't believe he talked. No, 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 that's on you. So we've got a great Kids Church. We'd love to have you check your kids in there. And, and uh, it's not just babysitting. It's ministry. It's church. It's worship. It's word. And so come on, give it up for our TC Kid team back there. You guys are killing it. Thank you for all the blue shirts. 
And uh, maybe some of you are wondering what ministry to serve in and where can I be a part. Man, we, we would love to have you in our kids' ministry, man. Those, that's a, that is the church. They are making a difference, and it's amazing to see what God's doing. So, man, jump on one of our teams. So next week, we'll talk about sex. And then, and then this Friday night, come on, ladies, say she. she. Uh, say, we don't have she shirts <laughs> or she sheds, but... We've got a she conference. So our first she conference will be this Friday night. And uh, I'm believing for 300 ladies. Come on, can y'all, would y'all believe with me? I think we already have like almost 80-something ladies registered, maybe more. But listen to me, please. We have an amazing church, and we want to believe to reach women in our community. We have a church that empowers women, that believes in women. Come on. Yeah, all, like, nobody. Ladies. Like, like we, 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 have, we have women pastors here. Oh, shh. I have people say, is that that church that has women pastors? Yes. Because that's the Bible. And you can get rid of all your denominational biases, read the Bible, and there's many women that turn the world upside down and that were very pastoral, okay? And so anyway, we want to empower you. We want to believe in you. So the men are going to be serving. We're going to have worship. We're going to have some surprises. We're going to have all kinds of awesome stuff. And, and I'm believing, please, bring your neighbors. Bring some ladies that maybe wouldn't come to church normally that you could reach out to. And let's just pack this place out. It's going to be crazy. And so that's going to be this Friday night. It's going to be our first She Conference. And so let's jump into the Word. We're looking at relationships. I believe that relationships in your life will be the greatest source of pain or the greatest source of blessing you'll have. It, it, your relational connections, your relationships, your, your marriage, your, your dating relationships, all of your relationships will be your greatest source of pain or your greatest source of joy. And relationships are very, very hard. Marriage is spelled W-O-R-K. It doesn't start with an M, starts with a W. It's spelled work, it's spelled hard work, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. And if you get it right, as we work on it, it begins to spill over and overflow into all of our other areas and relationships in life. Come on, Genesis 2, 18 through 22. This is the beginning of really relationships with, with God and Adam and then outside of Adam when God makes Eve. It says this, and the Lord God said, and it is not good that man should be alone. Interesting that God made something and said it's not good. Everything else he said was good, 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 good. And then says, it's not good. Like the, the, the author of all good said something's not good. Because I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, there, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not a found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into woman, and he brought her to the man. Another, another verse, I'm going to fast forward to the New Testament, to the book of James. James 1, 22 through 24, many of you know this verse. It says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. My title for today is this, The Magnifying Mirror. The Magnifying Mirror. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you would... Just use it to impact our life today. I thank you that you said it would not return void. It would accomplish the purpose that you sent it out for. And so, Lord, it's not about me or my performance. It's not about what I say, but your word does its work. We thank you. We receive it today with open hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. 
the magnifying mirror. I've got uh, one of these things right here. Anybody have one of these? Anybody ever uh, seen one of these? It looks like a lighthouse uh, beam or something to me. I, I got it this morning. This is my wife's. Like, uh, this is a magnifying. You plug it in, you can hit a button, and it actually begins to light up and magnify. Uh, I won't look in this. <laughs> she said, oh, she said, no. Listen, this thing, like, this is demonic, this thing right here. Can I tell you? Like, this, like this thing... This thing will magnify stuff that's not even visible in the light of day. Like, you don't even, I look at it, I'm like 80 years older. I'm like, my God, what happened to me? So I looked in this like twice. My wife has one. She owns it. This sits on her counter. I don't look in it. My kids, they're teenagers, so they, they, they've got a little zits going on, a little stuff going on, a little vanity going on. They need a little mirror. You know, so, so my boys are like, Mom, can we get one of those? So my wife buys my kids one of these mirrors, this magnifying mirror. And so, like, they've got one. And they'll, they'll like, they, you know, they got little, they're like normal kids. they got a little acne or whatever. It's not a big deal. But, but, like, they've got, like, tools now. They've got picks and shovels and axes. There's tools for this stuff. And they, they, take, they go and they disappear into their bathrooms for like an hour with these mirrors. And they've got this routine. They turn the mirror on and it's like they, they go in there and I don't even know what they do, but they go in looking like children and they come out. And when I see their face, I'm like, oh my God. I mean, just picked and popped and like Mark, where they've just, where they've just popped and picked. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you look 50 times worse than you did before you got in there. I'm like, I'm actually scared. I'm like, what, what, what's happening? What, 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 why, why, what, what happened? And, and they, they began to pick themselves apart. Here's what we do oftentimes in relationships. We live in the magnifying mirror. And we think, that, we think that that's actually the relationship that God has with us and wants us to live with each other in. And the devil is always trying to keep you in front of the magnifying mirror because here's the, here's the deal. If he can distort you, he can destroy you. Yeah. If he, if he can begin to distort how you see yourself and how you see God, he can begin to destroy some things in your life and in your relationships and you end up being distorted and then maimed and it doesn't even look like, why does your face look so painful? Like, why does grace look like that on your face? Like, ow, that hurt. Like, picking ourselves apart, looking at things that aren't even visible in the natural light of God. Come on. I'm, I want to help some of you today, like, how you deal with God and how you deal with each other and coming out distorted and picked apart. Satan uses the magnifying mirrors to cause relational misery. I'm telling you, I'm going to help some of your, your relationship. He will use this mirror to cause relational misery in your life all the time. And you begin to look at all your flaws and all the things that God's not pointing out. You begin, he begins to magnify all of their flaws. And you carry this thing with you. And you look at it. And you look at them through it. And all of a sudden now, the enemy is beginning to distort how you receive the love of God. i got to talk about that today. If we're going to really talk about relationships. I heard my wife killed it last week. Did she do a good job? So she's going to be, she's going to be speaking Friday at the, at the women's um, conference at she. So uh, come on ladies, you get to hear her again. I'm so proud of her. She did a great job. And, and, and I think that sometimes in, in relationships, marriages, especially, uh, but any type of relationship, Satan wants to get you in front of this. And here's why, here's the, here's the, the reason he wants to distort how you see yourself. You got, you got to hear this. God created Adam and Eve. God called Adam alone. He said, you're alone and it's not good. How could it not be good for Adam to be with only Jesus? Like a lot of times we think, oh, I'm just going to be with me and Jesus. I just need God. I just need you. God said it's not good that your relationship with Jesus will not sustain you. 
What? We're in church. Like, what? No, God said it wasn't even good enough. That not because God wasn't enough. Listen to me. Not because God wasn't enough. Because God's grace is not only meant to be received, it's meant to be reflected. And, and, and it's so important. Listen, grace can't stop with you. And so God knew that he had to create something for Adam to reflect God's grace on because the receiving of God's grace is powerful, but the reflection of God's grace is purposeful. And so you can receive all the grace you want, and that's powerful. I need it for me. But if you never reflect it, then you're missing the purpose and point of what God put it into your life for. And so Satan knows that if you're supposed to receive grace and reflect grace, If he can distort the way you receive grace, he can distort the way you reflect grace. And that's happened to an entire group of people called the church. It's happened to an entire group of people called Christians. And I think that he knows that distortion brings destruction. And so when it comes to our marriages or friendships or or any type of relationships, if he's distorting how we receive God's love, now he can distort how we reflect God's love. Does that make sense? This is just kind of 101 at the base of a relationship, but I think most of us live there in this magnifying mirror with God, and all of a sudden we're seeing all of our flaws and all of our shortcomings, and we're feeling picked apart. Can I tell you that all of this stuff, listen to me, all of this is external. It's all, all the external nuances and flaws and wrinkles and, and blemishes and everything that we look at. We love an external fix, don't we? Come on, and, and, and we get to this place where this external takes precedent. And it's, it's like the enemy knows what he's doing. It becomes painful. It's this magnification process. No, it's distortion. Am I helping anybody? Yes. Write this down. This is so important. The way you receive God's love is the way you reflect God's love. If you feel picked apart, you'll pick them apart. If, if you feel magnified, you'll magnify their flaws. If you feel scrutinized, you'll scrutinize them. Come on, I know nobody wants to look around to the left or right today. <laughs> nobody wants to say a lot of amens today, but I mean, it's, it's easy to do. It's easy to begin to magnify things in our spouses or in others, and, and it's not how God intended. James says it. He says, listen, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. We've used this verse on each other going and preached it this way a lot going, you know what? The word of God's going to tell you where you're off. The word of God's going to remind you of your shortcomings. The word of God's going to show you where you missed it and where your flaws are and tell you what to fix. The word of God is supposed to be this reflection of what you need to become. That's not what it says. It says that anyone that he listens to the word of God and goes away and doesn't do it is like a man that looked in the mirror went away and immediately forgot what he looked like. The mirror is there to remind you of what you look like, not scrutinize and magnify your flaws. He forgot what he looked like. He went away and goes, you know, I don't really think I'm what God says I am. When you look into the mirror of God's word, not the magnifying mirror, when you look into the mirror of God's word, God's word says, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are saved, you are blessed, you are favored, you are perfect in my eyes. You are whole, you are complete. Man, how often, why do we forget so quickly who we are? We walk away and we forget. We're like, well, that's just the word of God is just telling me I got to shape up in every area. I'm just not there yet. 
We're constantly digging and picking and talking, and then grace looks like we're maimed. And people are looking at us going, man, that's what grace looks like on you? You're scowling and frowning, and you're scaring me. God's saying, no, 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 no. Yeah, there's adjustments, but it's an internal work. It's not a religious, a religious external fix. And God's just saying, would you just, would you just learn to receive my love like, so you could reflect it accurately? He's, he's the one that says, you're my child. Like, you're my beloved. You're, I, I pray this over my kids every night. In my son, whom I'm well pleased. You are my son in whom I love. You are my daughter in whom I love, in whom I'm well pleased. I don't think some of you hear God say that to you enough loudly and clearly. You are his son. You are his daughter in whom he is well pleased. If anything you take away today, know God loves you as much as he ever will. You can't add or take away. You can't magnify anything beyond his understanding. He loves you right where you are. And I think sometimes we go, yeah, I know, but, right? And the reason we forget so often is because Satan has magnifying mirrors set up in culture everywhere we turn. Magnifying mirrors on TV, magnifying mirrors in social media, all the magnifiers everywhere you look, magnifying mirrors with your neighbor with the type of car he's got out in the driveway, magnifying mirrors with different brand names, magnifying mirrors with different successes. And And so everywhere we look, we're reminded of the magnifications of our shortcomings. Look at their marriage. And we're looking at someone else's highlight reels on social media and all their vacation clips, but we're looking at our behind-the-scene problems and going, my God, I suck. Isn't it true? And, and, and the enemy knows. And so everywhere you turn, if he can get a mirror to magnify your shortcomings, now all of a sudden you're relating to God like that, and it causes this relationship with God in this horrible, flawed way, and it causes you and God to relate in a flawed way, and then it causes you to relate to yourself in a flawed way, and then it causes you to relate to others in a flawed way. I think it's important. I, I don't think we need to carry these mirrors and put them in one another's faces any longer. I think we can put those mirrors down. And here's what you've got to do. I'm going to give you some practicals. Here, here's, here's Bible, Genesis, right, that I, right there that I read to you. What did God do? He wanted to create a wife, a bride for Emery. And so, come on, somebody, give it up for Pastor Emery. I love you, man. This guy's heart. Did y'all hear him today? Come on, did y'all hear him today? I know he doesn't want any of that stuff, but come on. When heaven shows up, you got to acknowledge that heaven, he, he opens his mouth and heaven comes in the room, right? I don't know why. It's probably because God gave him this beautiful woman, Crystal. It wasn't like, you didn't have this anointing until you met her, and you know. <laughs> when God wanted a, a, a bride for Emory, he, he, he reached inside of him and created a wife when God wanted a bride for Adam he reached inside of him come on listen to me listen to me closely listen listen you think all the fixes to your relational problems are external God could have easily made a lily pad into a wife could have easily made a leaf into a wife it could have made a lizard into a wife come on somebody some of y'all think your wife is a lizard come on I rebuke that God, God could have easily made an external solution to provide for this internal relational problem. What God did was he reached inside of Adam and he did an internal work inside of him and then brought his wife out of him. And everything on the inside of you, God's put there and placed there and it's what you need for relational wholeness and strength. 
You just got to allow God to do a work inside you and bring that thing out of you in your relationship. It's not an external fix. Come on, write this down. Relational wholeness in our life comes from God working inside of us, not the magnifier. God, work in me. Do something in me. God, you've put it in me. Bring it out of me. And here's here's how to do it. This is simple. I'm just going to give you a simple thought. I just got really one thought for the rest of the day. Receive and rest in God's love for you. Receive and rest in God's love. Like his love is flowing through this room right now. Like his love is in worship. His love is, his love is everywhere. Like just re, we have such a hard time just, just receiving and resting. Matthew 22 says this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Verse 39. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We always sum this up. We go, love God, love others. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. All types of church mantras. Love God, love others. It doesn't say that. It says love God and love others as you love yourself. The hardest person for you to love is the one sitting right in your seat. It's because of these mirrors. It's because you've gotten into the wrong mirror and Satan knows if he can distort your image, he can destruct your image. And, and, so, and so you have to learn to receive the love of God. And we say, oh, yeah, I know God loves me, but. Yeah, yeah, I know God loves me, but. Yeah, I get it, but. Yeah, I know, but. And anytime you say, but, it cancels out everything you said before that sentence. I know God loves me, but. Like, okay, if anybody ever says, yeah, I don't have an issue with you, but. You know, you know ah, let's rewind. <laughs> you know, and we have this in our heart. Like, I know God loves me, but I've got to fix this. Or God loves me, but I need to do this. First John 4, 19 says this. This is the Passion Translation. Our love for others is our grateful response or reflection to the love God first demonstrated to us. In another translation, we love him because he first loved us. We get it backwards. God, I'll, I'll need to love you. I need to be holy. I need to be pure. I've got these flaws. I've got to go to church. I've got to worship. I've got to do it right. I, gotta, I can't go to church until I clean up. And all these things we put in front of just receiving the love of God. He loved us first. And you, here, here's the thing. You can't give what you don't got. So you're trying to live and give. Can I tell you that the most harm and pain I cause on others is when I'm empty from God's love? Come on, we all run out, we all run dry, and we've got to receive and rest in it. I'm about to give you the best relational advice you've ever received right now. Whether you're dating or you're married, I can tell you, I, I, will, I will go to the grave saying this is the best relational advice. You better get your pens out. You better get a, you better get a permanent marker out. Write this on your forehead. You ready? You shouldn't shop hungry. Come on, that's it. I just saved some of your lives. I just saved 30 years of pain on some of y'all. Man, whenever I shop hungry, I can have the best list ever. My wife gives me the list. When I go hungry, like, my brain begins to shut down. I can't read. I can't read. I'm walking through the aisles like my stomach is eating my mind for some reason. I can't even read any longer. I don't know what to buy. I'm starving. I'm looking. And like I get in the car. I get home. My wife's like, you get what we need? I've got, I've got olives and jelly. And Doritos. Like, am I pregnant or shopping? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, what happened? I was starving. I pulled all kinds of stuff into my cart that cost me all types of money that has no nutrients, no value, no meal, only can create a mess in my life. 
Many of you are so hungry shopping in relationships and you're bringing things into your cart that cost you so much. And there's no meal, there's no nutrients, there's no meaning. It's just a mess. You've brought it all into your cart and it costs you a lot. Man, stop shopping hungry. That's just going to help you. Like you're looking at your relationship, you're like, I got olives and jelly. I don't know what happened. Don't look at anybody sitting next to you. Like, you the jelly, baby. No, I don't. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to show you a quick illustration, and then we're going to pray. Um, so this is, what, this is what your relationships, as you're dating and, and relating to one another, and if you're married, this is going to help everybody. This is what it should look like. And so there's a foundation, and again, I'm a lefty, so forgive me, guys, right? If I, if, this is a curse of a lefty. You can't write on a board if you're left-handed because it smears it. So I'm just giving you a, pre, a, a disclaimer right here, okay? If there's any, if there's any good uh, writers, yeah, maybe you come up here and help me if somebody can, can write well. So there's the foundation. This is, this is spiritual. And then you've got the next part here that you build upon the foundation on. This is social. You've got the next part. This is interpersonal. This doesn't fit in my box. Sorry, this is like, why I've got a whole board to write on. Look this tiny. Somebody want to help me? Who, can write, who writes good on boards? Come on, yes, you come help me. Thank you. Then I've got save, thank you. Saving me. Then we've got are you going to start over? I'm going to start over. It's good. We've got spiritual. We've got social. We've got interpersonal. We've got emotional. And then we've got physical as the icing on the cake, somebody. Right on the top. Physical. And, and here's what you need to know. So, so we have a spiritual foundation. You're, you're, you're receiving the love of God. You're being full on the love of God. You're knowing who you are in God. You, you're building a relationship. You're connecting into the house of God. You're planting into the things of God. You're deciding to make the house of God your habit, and you plant in. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall, shall flourish in the courts of God. So you, you actually make a decision to, to get a foundation, and it's in, with you and Jesus, but not just there. It's with the house of God and the people of God, right, and the things of God, and your Bible, and the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and all those things. And then all of a sudden, now you have a so, social, interpersonal, emotional, physical. And, and, and marriage, if you'll just do me a favor, draw a little arrow right between those two, and marriage should be right in there. So marriage should fit somewhere right between emotional and physical. And so what we're called to do biblically is build this foundation spiritually, fill up 100%. We're not hungry. We're not shopping hungry. We're full of God. And then all of a sudden now we have some relationships. And this is, this is what it's supposed to look like. We've got some connect groups and some family members and some advice and some pastors and leaders. And then all of a sudden we're dating. We go interpersonal. We begin to hang out and figure out if we like that person and what they like and what we like. And we make some conversation around it. And then we've got a emotional and we begin to share some things and some intimacies and go man and we say that I love you and oh you love me and you're my soulmate man you give me butterflies 
and I, girl, you know, and, and you just, and you go emotional and she shares things with you. And like, when you hold my hand, you hold my heart. Come on. My wife told me that when we were dating. And, and so, and then, and then all of a sudden right in there, we did, we, we hugged a little too tight in between there. That was all we did. Come on, somebody. We just, we, I know I'm a pastor and all, but we hugged a little bit right in here. And, and then, and we, and then I do. I do. And then we went right to physical. And, and that's the progression. But in our culture, you're all hungry. We talked about it for week one. You're all thirsty. We're thirsty and culture's made you hungry. And so you're shopping hungry. And so we flipped it on its head. And so all of a sudden now we're hungry for physical because everything's driving physical and emotional. And these two are connected physical and emotional. And when you get physical, there's all types of emotions involved in it. And you're dating and you're physical quickly and you're emotional quickly. And, and it's like, just you're, you're my person and forever. And I love you and I can't live without him. And so when you go here, your brain is dumping drugs called dopamines. And you can't listen to anybody and you're addicted and you're an idiot. You drive three hours to have a, have, go visit for a, for a sandwich and shop for jelly and olives. <laughs> oh no. And, and this, this right here only, only lasts for about six to 18 months. These drugs wear off after six to 18 months. And so then what happens there is you never even worried about getting to know each other because you were just in love. And you don't even realize you don't even like them. I don't even, we don't even have anything in common. We, don't even, we didn't even hang out. We don't even like each other. And, and, then, and then you've also bypassed social because you won't listen to anybody. Your parents are saying, they're kind of crazy. And you, I'm going to listen to you. Your friends are saying, they're kind of crazy. Uh, and, and then you think their family is kind of crazy, but you never notice their family. Come on, you marry their family. You marry their family. And then, and then you ignore social. And then what you do is you say, Pastor, would you marry us? And put spiritual on top of all of it. Come on, Jesus, bless it. And now you have this spiritual wedding. And you've got the weight of, the, of God on top, which is called religion. And now you've got this religious covering and you've got all this mess underneath. And you're going, okay, well, I've got these flaws and now we've got to fix it. And I'm magnifying. And if we just do this and we do that right and we do this right, and if we work this out and we work this out and all this weight and it's called religion with God sitting on top of all of it. And you're trying to hold that up in your own strength. It's impossible. And if you would just decide, I'm not going to shop hungry. I'm going to flip this thing and I'm going to actually begin to build a spiritual foundation in God. My wife talked about it last week about being full on God. I'm talking about it right now, receiving what God has for you, building there and then letting that be your strength. And they'll say, okay, hey, okay, let's get social. Let's get some. Why do you think we have connect groups here? Not just to do it so you can get around some people and get social with some friends and some brothers and sisters. I sat at a table last week downtown and cried with a brother that goes to our church with tears in my eyes as a friend, just sharing my heart. You need people that you can get real and honest with because you're only as healthy as your secrets. And you wear a mask and we wear masks and we don't get real and we want to magnify all this stuff and then cover up all the flaws because the enemy's lied and distorted our image. And if you just get real and get into some social relationships in the context of God, and then all of a sudden now you can start dating one another and go, you know what, I do like you. Or you know what, I don't like you. You're jelly and olives. I need to go, I gotta go move on. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you can move on from there, then emotion. And you go, no, I think you're the one for me for life. And then, boom, you go to marriage, and then you go and you, you, you have the blessing of physical. That's the way to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just want to help you today. I think it's so important. Our culture has gotten it so backwards. And let me say this. If you're married, listen to me. If you're married and you've been shopping hungry, married people shop hungry too, somebody. 
If you're married, come on, listen to me. If a wife does not feel loved, she will fight to be seen and heard. And eventually an affair happens because she'll be seen and heard outside the home. If a husband does not feel respected, he will fight to be honored. And if he's not honored, he'll eventually walk into an affair because he's honored outside the home. And, and so you can get these messes in your home. And I would just encourage you, if you've got a mess in your house with your marriage, it's okay. Come on, we all got different messes in our lives. And so you need to back up right here and get back to spiritual. Begin to lay a foundation today. Maybe you just need to receive the grace of God. Maybe today you need to quit picking apart all your flaws and their flaws and just receive the grace of God. Romans 5.17 says it this way. It says, for if, if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace. Listen, receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. You, you only reign in relationships when you receive the love of God. That you would actually receive. You can't earn. You can't deserve. You can't make them deserve. You can't make them earn it. And however you receive it is how you actually will give it. So if you have, uh, if you have uh, constraints and costs on receiving the love of God, then you'll put constraints and costs on them to receive the love from you. But, but you would actually, as a married couple, decide, I'm going to get full, and then you're going to get some friends. You're going to get around some other people. And then you're going to begin to date. Listen to me. Stop trying to fix your emotional mess without dating. Many of you have bypassed, you're trying to fix some pain emotionally in your marriage and you're not, and you're not getting interpersonal. You've got, don't skip the interpersonal stage. If you have some pain in your marriage right now, do not go to try to fix, you can go to counseling and all that stuff, but I'm encouraging you, don't try to get deep emotional repair until you've actually decided and, and learned to like each other again. Begin to date, begin to say, you know what, I like this about you. And then you can build enough trust and equity to where you can actually say, you know what, this needs repaired emotionally and then come on somebody we're gonna talk about this next week <laughs> once all that's getting in, in play then all of a sudden boom physical's amazing i think it's important that we would just receive god's love i, I want you to receive it today I, i've said it over and over matthew 10 8 says this and i'm gonna pray for you freely you have received freely give freely you've received freely give if you, if you receive with a cost, you give with a cost. If you receive with conditions, you give with conditions. If you're in this mirror, if you're flawed and picked apart, you're going you're gonna to pick them apart. God's wanting to do a work inside of you. Look, look at this for me, with me real quick. i got this pitcher of water right here, and I've got this glass. Many, many of us receive a little bit of God's love, and we just get some minutes like that. We let God pour some stuff into us. We go to church, and then we, we've got this love of God in us, and, 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 and we, were, we were right here receiving. We were vertical and getting things from God. And then, and then we go out and we begin to relate to each other. And we begin to, to live needing things from each other. Oh, I, I, need, I need love. I need peace. I need joy. I, I need faithfulness. I need self-control. I need the fruits of the Spirit. And we begin to look to each other to find love and to find peace and to find joy and you know what happens we end up sucking the life out of one another because we're trying to fill up from each other only what God can give the Bible says what you receive freely 
freely give. So when you make a decision, wait a minute, I'm going to live vertical. I'm going to build a foundation. I'm actually going to let God continually fill my life. All of a sudden, God begins to pour into your life. And what happens? It doesn't stop. It keeps overflowing and overflowing and overflowing and overflowing. And now all your kids around you and your coworkers around you and your spouse and your relationships actually live in the overflow of what God poured into your life. And you're still full. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you for the family of God. I thank you for, for, for brothers and sisters in here. I thank you for your word, God. I pray that we would get relationships right. No one looking around, heads bowed and eyes closed today. I, I just want to ask you this. this. Maybe you're in this place and you know today is the day that you need to really let God do the work and you need to put down the magnifying mirror. That you're just determined, like, you know you've been picking yourself apart. Come on, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a way of, of telling you it's your fault without really telling you it's your fault. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I've got a way of, like, saying it in a way where I'm really saying this is you, but I'm not clearly saying it's you. I think some of us have different tendencies and different defaults we go to and different magnifying mirrors we carry Sometimes we point a finger and three are pointing back. I just want to encourage you right now. If, the, if your thing is that, if you, if you know the enemy's put a, a magnifying mirror in front of you and you know you're always picking and you feel a little bit flawed in how you see yourself and how you've related to God, you're like, man, he's always just wants me to change something. He's always on me. You don't ever feel like you measure up. God loves me, but. then now you're using that mirror in every scenario, in every environment you go to, in your house, in your marriage, with your kids. Just magnifying the flaws, the shortcomings. The, maybe you don't do it verbally. Maybe you've internalized it, but you carry it. And God's just saying today, would you just put down the magnifying mirror and pick up my word? If you're in here, no one's looking around. I'm going to encourage you. If you just say, you know what? I need to receive the love of God and rest in that. And I'm going to put down this mirror that's been showing me some things that aren't accurate. This word's touched my heart today. Would you just put your hand up to me and let me pray for you? Nobody looking around. Come on, all across the house. Father, you, you, know, you know how the enemies try to distort us. I pray right now for a clear image of who we are in you, God. I pray that we would not forget. We wouldn't leave this place today and not do and live according to what we've heard. We would not forget what we look like, that we're your kids, that we're saved. Lord, that, that we would settle the question today, did you do enough, Jesus? Lord, I just declare that I settle the question right now in my heart, that I, I settle the question in this house, that you did enough, God, that you did enough, Jesus, that you, you died and it was enough to give us all the love and for us to receive what we need to go out and to be successful in our relationships and in our marriages. You did enough. And I declare that the party starts now, God, that it's not one day when we get to heaven, that the party would start today as we receive your love and receive your grace that we would actually begin to relate to each other different leaving this place today just for another second if you're here and you'd say you know what Jamie I, I've never really understood the love of God I've always felt flawed I've always felt that God was judging or picking me apart I'm here to tell you that God sent Jesus so he didn't have to judge and pick us apart and if you say well how do I receive the love of God the love of God has a name it's Jesus and it it's where you start. It's the foundation. If you know you've never really made Jesus your Lord and Savior to follow him and, and let him lead your life, if you've never surrendered to him, not religion, not rules, not, not fix all your flaws, not get in the mirror and say, if I was just good enough. No, no, no. Just saying, Jesus, I need you. 
I believe that you're God and that you did enough. If, if you're here today and you need to receive the love of God, the Bible says if you give your life to Jesus, just, just surrender to him, you get a fresh start in God. If you're here, maybe you need a fresh start today. The Bible says that Jesus died on the cross to remove all your sin, all your shame, all your debt. So you could just simply receive the love of God. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up to me in a second. I'm going to count to three. If you're here and you know you need the love of God, you need a fresh start with God, and you want to surrender to Jesus today and receive that love and rest in that love, I want to pray for you. On three, would you put your hand up to me? One, two, three. Just put your hand up high. Come on, God bless you. God bless you, young lady. Anybody else? I need, I need the love of God. I need, God bless you. God bless you, young lady. Come on, church. People saying yes to eternity, yes to God's love, yes to Jesus. Come on. Hope has a name. It's Jesus. If you didn't put your hand up, I'm going to make a prayer right now. I'm going to say a prayer. Put your heart up in this prayer. If you put your hand up, come on, let's pray together. You can pray your own words. You can pray my words. I'm just going to pray a prayer. It's no magic in the words. It's just, just a prayer of surrender to Jesus. He's God. He's the Lord. He leads this thing. Come on, Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you are God. I surrender to you today. You are love. I receive your love, God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that tree for me, dying on that cross, for removing all my sin and all my shame and all my guilt. I surrender to you as my leader. I repent and I turn to you. You're my Lord and leader. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the power, God, to live by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, I receive your love and I reflect your love the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. Give God praise this morning.